Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're listening to our recap for The Girl in the Tower, book two in the Winter Night Trilogy by Catherine Arden. This book is so good. What? So good. Okay, so, okay, just full disclosure, <laughs> like, I liked The Bear and the Nightingale a lot. It was a, it was a good, dark fantasy tale. Yeah. But I didn't have like a ton to say about it at the end of the I mean it's not not because I didn't like it or because nothing really happened but it was just kind of like oh look at all that that stuff that happened like yeah, all it was right like a like, jaunt. It was like okay yeah. cool and I I ran through this fairy fair uh, I ran through this fairy tale right it was like this kind of open and shut case just like all right here we go and man like this is such a different book such a different book and did not suffer from second book trilogy blues at all not like, even not, one you, like bit. the opposite of that it yeah the story escalated to a whole new level whole new set of characters took a way different direction than i thought it was going i always think that we're going to like leave all the family behind and we're gonna go out on our own but like nope we always return to the family and that's a really cool thing it's kind of a theme that's been um going throughout this entire series so far yeah it's like uh, not only just your relationship to your family members, but the responsibility that you have yes. to them. That's a huge thing. And we're going to talk about that a lot. Man, this book just, there were so many different little turns where I was like, oh, we're doing, okay. Yeah, oh, I'm on yeah, board so for okay. that. All right. Yeah, let's go. Because I thought maybe it was going to be, this is what I thought. I thought that Vasya was basically going to go to Moscow right away, pretty much. And then just politics. That's basically what I thought was going to, you know, maybe I should have gleaned more from the first book or something, but I just, I, for some reason, uh, just didn't really see a lot of cool, magic, awesome stuff. And there was a lot of cool, magic, awesome stuff in this book. So much cool, magic, awesome stuff. <laughs> we love cool, magic, awesome stuff. Definitely. But it was serious, too. It was very yeah. serious. This was a really serious book. It was. It, it was not lighthearted. Yeah, like in a way that the first one didn't i mean the first one wasn't really like lighthearted either but it was just man there's some really heavy stuff that goes on like especially mm -hmm. towards the end of this this was not so much like a girl and her spirits in the forest having fun and, and, and like <laughs> this book was way more serious yeah i don't really have like I, I hardly have like any critiques at all i mean i just have thoughts just lots yeah. and lots and lots of thoughts so yeah i mean without further ado let's just get right into the recap on this one let's do it i'm excited the book begins in Moscow with a pregnant Olga telling a story of a childless couple gifted a child who falls in love and melts comes summer. As the story ends, Olga's daughter, Maria, spots a ghost in the room, but no one else can see it. Olga's daughter wakes during the night with nightmares. Sasha returns from his trip to Sarai, bearing ill tidings. On the road home, he came across burned villages with very few survivors, saying they had been attacked by bandits without warning who slaughtered everyone, burned their homes, and took away their daughters. Sasha also brings home another man of God, Constantine. Sasha reports to Dmitri, the Grand Prince of Moscow and his cousin, about his trip to the Tatars and of their strength. He implores Dmitri to rally his men and deal with the bandits. Constantine tells Olga a twisted version of the past events in Lesnaya Zemlaya, claiming that due to Vasya's evil actions, their father Pyotr is dead. A boyer named Bashna Kostai arrives at Moscow, asking Dmitri for help as many of his villages have been burned to the ground and the villagers' daughters taken. 
Dimitri agrees to help him, gathering men and riding out in three days' time. Sasha rides out with Dimitri. After a week's travel, they begin to come across village after village with the same story. Bandits killing everyone and taking their daughters. They arrive at the Lavra, the monastery that Sasha and Dimitri had grown up in together, and take succor there. The chapter ends with a horse arriving in the night, bearing four passengers. They let it in and discover it is none other than Vasya, carrying three girls with her, whom she rescued from a bandit camp near the Lavra. We go back to Vasya in Morasco's house sometime earlier. Unable to convince Vasya to remain at home where she is safe, he outfits her with traveling provisions and sees her off. Alone in the forest, Vasya and Solove are visited in the night by a shayert called Midnight, who questions Vasya, telling her she has been sent by someone else before disappearing into the night. After many nights through the snow, Vasya comes across a town bigger than she has seen before. She is invited to dinner by a man named Kasian Ludovic, whom she refuses. She eats and rests at a local bathhouse, but is attacked by two men who have clearly been sent to find her. She fights them off and manages to escape with Solove, barely making it out of the town, though she is pursued. Still pursued, Vasya and Solove flee throughout the night. Vasya breaks out in fever and frostbite. As she lies on the brink of death, Morozko appears and saves her. He storms off, angry with Vasya for her foolish endeavor. We read a conversation between Morozko and his horse, where we learn that he made the jeweled talisman and gifted it to Vasya so he would not fade. Morozko returns and fills up her provisions and gives her a knife he shapes out of ice and teaches her to defend herself. He kisses her, then leaves. Vasya rides on and comes across one of the burned out and recently attacked villages who tell her of the bandits and stolen daughters. She appeals to a local domovoy who gives her a glowing ember one that helps Vasya find the stolen girls in the woods, guarded by bandits. Vasya manages to distract the bandits and steal the girls away. After escaping with the children, Vasya is visited by Midnight again, who tells her that she had better run fast, as Lord Chelebe's people are many and good riders. She tells Vasya to ride eastward all night, after which she will find safety. Following Midnight's direction, Vasya and the children arrive at the Lavra, where Vasya reunites with her brother. Vasya tells Dimitri that she is Sasha's younger brother. She then leads Dimitri, his men, and Sasha back to where she found the children. They are ambushed and fight off the bandits with the help of Kassian, who comes to their aid. After finding and burning the bandits' abandoned camp, they return to the Lavra, where Sasha tells Father Sergei that Vasya is his sister. Vasya dreams of the bear and then Morozko, who she confronts. They have a moment, during which Morozko says he will not kiss her again. Vasya, Sasha, Dimitri, and company take the rescued children back to their village. She gives one of the girls silver as a dowry and reveals the secret of her false identity. On the road to Moscow, Kassian tells a story of his only journey to the city in pursuit of a lost love. Vasya sees a flash of anger on his face. They return to Moscow, ending the chapter on the entrance to Olga's house. All right, we're in the woods fighting bandits, right where we want to be. <laughs> <clears throat> right where we want to be. I uh, it's probably one of the first things that was so cool to me in this book was that we got to go and hang out in Moscow a bunch. Like a large portion of the story was there, 
but also we get to go all over the countryside. We get to see other forests that aren't her little forest up in. Am I saying this right? Lesnaya, tis Lesnaya. <laughs> it's only mentioned a few times. Like Lesnaya Zamlaya um, like, or something. Yeah, Lesnaya yeah. Zamlaya. That's Vasya's hometown. Oh, well, we get to see the forests that are not just that forest, and then another town. Uh, just all the traveling, and then the road of ice, which I thought was really cool. It was much more than I thought it was going to be. Yes. And I was just just really pleasantly surprised at all the action in this book. Appropriately placed action, too. Like, not too much for, because, like, oh, the story's getting boring, so better throw in an action scene. It was like, no, no, all of it was required, perfectly placed, well done. Yeah, I mean, like, Vasya tricking the bandits, and she's she's so proactive, Right. And it's like one of the That's best things of about, saying it. I know. Right. It's like there's a lot of other adjectives I could use. <laughs> proactive. <laughs> like proactive to a fault almost. But yeah. I mean, is it a fault, though? I mean, I think that that's kind of the whole point. Right. It's like falter if you may. But Vasya gets shit done in kind of like the like that failing up kind of way. You know, like she's kind of right. stumbling through a lot of this. I mean, she almost dies, but it's like it's not really her fault. So she gets attacked, she's in the bathhouse, and then even before it said that she was still wet, oh my it was, I was thinking that. I was just like, Me oh, too. this is so bad. This is so bad. And then she, but she has to keep going. And yeah, that really ramped up. I don't know if you've ever been like playing Truth or Dare or something when you were kids in the hot tub and then got out during a cold winter night and had to do some crazy activity in the snow. Yeah, uh, it yep. is so mis- yeah. <laughs> me too. It is so miserable. Yeah, just being a little bit damp and like I'm glad that the author mentioned it because the whole time, just like you, I was wondering. I was like, she's still wet. She's still wet. No. So I don't know about you, but the the bandits and kind of the the whole mystery around the bandits, it kind of reminded me of the uh, the red ship raiders from the Farseer trilogy. Oh, did you get that vibe? Like yeah, they're they're kind of like. Now. Yeah, they're like they're going in like no one really knows what's going on. They're kind of just going in and like destroying everything and taking everyone. So I just and they they weren't leaving tracks. There was just like this kind of air of mystery yeah. about them. And now that the book is finished, I think I kind of get it because we didn't really find out like exactly why these bandits weren't leaving tracks. Yeah, right? or what they were doing with the little girls that they were taking. I, mean, I imagine assume, just like imprisoning them or well know. i think he was trying to find someone else who could see and then use her as another like drain for his life force to keep him young which is what he was doing with maria at the end right right yeah because like because uh, cassian it's so it's so interesting like going back through all of this um and writing out these recaps and stuff like after we finish the book because midnight even says lord chelube right right and and just as readers we just forget that did happen right i'm not oh no she did yeah she, okay well, yeah she goes um lord chelabe's household or something she mentions yeah. that and then obviously like we forgot vasia forgot but i mean she can kind of <laughs> tell but um i mean was, so do you think that cassian who i was suspicious of right away From by the, the way yeah, yeah. I, oh i'm just a boyar who's in your area but I, I just didn't want you to know who i am rub me completely the wrong way from the very get-go i mean i don't totally. and i don't think that was like a failing on Catherine arden's part like there weren't that many red herrings that could have really been thrown because he kind of just like appears in the forest and then like there's like that really weird exchange between him and vasia in that town Oh, where he yeah. yeah he just kind of comes up and is just like 
uh, would you like to have dinner with me? And she's just like, fucking no. Like <laughs> red flag alert. No, thank you, old stranger man. <laughs> and then like as the book goes on, he starts I start thinking like okay maybe this guy's okay but no he's not he's absolutely not i thought when he befriended her i was like oh okay so he's actually a good guy i've just kind of been misled to think that he's a bad guy because he's starting to like kind of be a little chummy with her just the whole his whole ass vibe was just wrong you're right yeah i was just i was just like something's up with this guy as soon as he became i thought was like three pages that he was like maybe redeeming a little because i was like oh he's getting all chummy with her and then when he stops her from telling dimitri um that cherub chelebe was uh, the guy that she saw in the forest yeah yeah, i was like oh and he's bad again yep 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 okay So I have a question though, like, and, and I was kind of mulling this over, and I don't know if I really landed on an answer for it, but do you think it was a good idea, or a, like, what what do you think about Vasya immediately telling Dimitri that she is Sasha's brother? Like, we're going, we're going like full. I'm a man. This is the story. Like immediately. Right. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on it. Right. It's like. It's like yes, with in, in in the context of this whole um, like society and world, like the time period and things like that, mm-hmm. it does make quite a bit of sense that uh, a woman in this situation, at the very like best case scenario, would just not be taken seriously. Right. right? I think like in Vasya's head, she was kind of like, "We need to take care of this situation, and nobody's gonna believe me." If I'm like, right. I'm a woman and I took and I'm dressed like a man and I t- and there's bandits out in the forest, they'd be like, whatever. It's just some yeah. woman, it's just some crazy woman. It was really hard for me to get into like the the times and view it from that perspective because I was like, why? Like, really? They're just not going to believe you because you're a woman. Like, you silly little girl. You're, and also, you're probably a witch. <laughs> like, but like, I mean, kind of though. Maybe. Like, I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean. Um, that's what happened in the first book when she, you know yeah. Vasya is like basically taking care of everything in that village in the first book, Absolutely. and everyone thinks she's a witch anyway. So I mean, you can't really fault her for now. It's like it's a different question altogether. Of like, would like maybe maybe Sasha with his kind of um, like reputation would have mm-hmm. been able to vouch for Vasya had she chosen to like disclose her real identity, but it's it's just like it's weird. Be- not weird. Weird is not the right word, but it's just. I'm I'm having trouble really landing on like where how like what would have been the right answer there because it creates so many problems down the line. Yes. I mean it's like a huge problem later on. And I think probably the her main motivation was maybe not that she wouldn't be believed, though I think you're probably right, she probably wouldn't have been. But I think her initial like I'm a boy was from fear of being trapped. You know, like the whole time she was a free bird. She does not yeah. want her wings clipped ever at all. And so I think as she thinks, and probably rightly so, as soon as she reveals that she's a girl, people are going to start treating her like they treat all women and be like, okay, let's find Marry you a you husband. Off. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And keep you inside and no more writing. Let's get a dress for you. And she was like, nah. Yeah, that's another really big thing in this book is like just women's place in this mm-hmm. society. I mean, it's basically like you're brought up basically in silence. Right. Like you are not to talk to anybody about anything unless it's other women about the stuff that men are making you do. Um, (laughs) Like knitting (laughs) or something. And and, and it's like um, and then 
you're either sent to a convent because you're crazy and we just don't want to deal with you. <laughs> Unmarriable. Right. Or you're married off to someone and you do not have a say in it. And it's just right. like that that is fucking awful, obviously. Fucking awful, and and yeah. it's and it's like um like seeing it through Vasia's eyes as somebody that like you know morasco tells her like if you go on the road you're gonna die because you don't know what you're doing you have no idea what it's like out there and he's not wrong like no, we're, we're like shown this like quickly, on her own like a couple times and and it's like but she's willing to for like you know take that chance because she just doesn't want to be confined like and it's it's it makes for such a like sympathetic character you know what i mean like somebody that is this proactive and this aware of the danger or you know a little bit unaware of the danger but still mm -hmm. going on anyway um, just a really really fantastic main character yeah her uh she's very dynamic in that she's super capable but at the same time her own hubris uh and, and her own capabilities gets her in trouble a lot she's like i'll be fine next thing you know she's like freezing to death time and time again uh thank god for morozko Right. She would have died like three or four times. Also, the first time they kiss, she's like, ah, oh, or he's like, oh, I will, I won't ever do that again. I was like, nah, yeah, no, you're definitely kissing her again. <laughs> of course. Like, that's for sure. I know. I love that part. I love that part. Uh, it's like at the end of one of the chapters, she's just like, I can't remember the exact quote, but she was just like, ah, like, you're just going to kiss me and. And why don't you just go or something like that? And, he, and he's just like, okay, I'm just going to leave. And she's like, no, wait. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so I've totally been there before. Yeah, I've been I've, there, like, Morozko. I've been there, Vasia. Like, I've totally oh. been, I've totally been the, uh, the like, no, wait. <laughs> guy before. Wait, hold up, hold up. <laughs> wait, no, I was just joking. I wasn't trying to be an ass. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like um, that's just like a really good kind of like, I like I like the the very mysterious will they won't they here like it's it's yes. so it's so delicately done. Morasco isn't even written as like this, you know, ridiculously attractive person or entity or anything like that. I think it's just like he seems to. He, I have mixed feelings about Morasco too, obviously, too. because it's like, come on, man. Like, she's like 15 you're like infinitely old like come on i think she's i think i think fancy is like 20. oh is she i'm pretty I just sure imagine her maybe i got first story blues first book blues and i'm stuck um, in like child phase or something I'm but i just imagine sure her she's like 20. oh okay. like 19 or 20 or something like that huh yeah she's not like a teen a teenager i don't think i don't okay. i mean i could be wrong my math either that or maybe late teens right I don't know. I just thought I thought I thought that was just like done really really well because it's like mm -hmm. even at the end of the second book, like I don't even know whether or not that would be a good thing. I don't think it would, but like Morasco seems to yeah. actually because there, there there's that conversation on the horse, right, where the horse is kind of like chiding him a little bit, like no, you're you're like kind of falling for this girl. Uh -huh. And he's just like, no, I'm not. I'm the god of death. Like, come oh, on, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm too tough, too tough for that. I don't deal with death. I love the um, um, the lever of the horse, the horse horse mechanism, giving him a sentient horse, so that way we could get information by him having conversations with his horse, who has who says things back to him. Do you think that the horse is more than the horse says than, than just a I horse? I don't know, like Morasco's horse. Yeah. Do you think he'll become mm, something? Or we'll get some backstory there. I think that's a lady horse. Oh, it is. It's a Mary. Yeah, you're yeah. right. 
Um, Some of her backstory. I don't know. I like Solove a lot. Me too. Solove is best. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Vasi is a great character because of all the uh, the nice, cool literary things that I just said. But uh, <laughs> Solove is obviously the best character in these books. Oh, <laughs> like, obviously, hands yeah, like down. if I was going to get a beer with anyone, it would definitely be Solove. Yeah, I like, and I, I would like feed Solove. Him. Yeah, it's going to be hard with the hooves. <laughs> oh, Solove just loves porridge. Dude, he just loves porridge. It's so funny how he's so human sometimes and then he's so much like a dog other times <laughs> they'll be like walking and he like keeps looking his head back like can i get some of that like sticky donut what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like multiple times where he's just like um so can i get some porridge please yeah, like, <laughs> yeah he's really great and uh he seems to kind of like the uh, like vasia and him have like a pretty cool little back and forth a lot of the time too where like he kind of seems to check her now and then and be like, oh, like this is kind of a dumb idea. Like, I don't know about this, but he also lets her do like basically whatever. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, he like without question has her back, but he's always like, oh, okay, though, like someone should kind of be a voice of reason here. Yeah, like there's no adult in the room with Solove and Vasia, and I, I really, really like that. <laughs> what do you think that the Chiort is? Am I saying that right? Chiort. Midnight. Um, yeah, midnight. What? No I mean, idea. obviously, she has a larger no role idea. in the grand scheme of things, but she was a very confusing character to me. There's this, there's this thing in this book, and I think that it's one of the most interesting things about it, and, and one of the reasons that I liked it so much more than the second or than the first one is that there's like this weird kind of like other thing going on here, right? And it's it's so barely touched on, right. but there seems to be like a bigger bad. Or like some yeah. kind of like there's some and maybe I'm misreading it or maybe Whoever Chiort's I, working for. Yeah, and I I really hope that that's this what this third book is all about is it seems like Morozko is more or less not really much in the picture and we'll get to that in the, after the second recap. But I'm curious like this midnight character. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, like she was obviously she said that she was sent by someone to check in on her basically get eyes on and that she'll see her three times which happened all three during this book and each time she comes around and says like the first time she just shows up the second time she is very useful um and that she points vasia to the uh, lavra and then the third time it's very mysterious which we'll get to in the second part but uh, man she was a very intriguing character to me i'll be disappointed if we don't find out there's her no way. bigger picture yeah, we there's gotta. no way that's gotta be it is just... the forecasting of the next book i'm sure and what a cool name midnight okay i have a question about sasha okay i like sasha me too i just want to i do have a question but i do want to make like a cool kind of like notice um i'm so glad that sasha isn't like how do i put this uncompromisingly religious yes. that would have been so boring and i'm so glad that that's not like I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a a a, a religious fanatic in a fantasy book. It's always right. fun. We already have Constantine. Like, <laughs> we already have Constantine, and it's like Sasha. It just it wouldn't have worked. It would have just been annoying, and no. like it just. I'm so glad that that wasn't the case. Me too. Um, He's more of a knight, you know. Like the relationship. Right. Yeah, that was my question. Is yeah. awesome. That was my question. Is like is is he like a he's like a warrior monk? I right? kind of yeah. Seems, I kind of okay, put him cool. in the realm of like a paladin. Right. You know, um, like a fighter for the forces of good. 
It's cool. I was just wanted to make sure that we were clear on that because it's like, I mean, obviously, like he can fight, but I didn't know like what his, like what his role was. Right. Um, I was like hazy because in the first book it seems like he's just monking, you know, like he's just <laughs> he's out. Just, he's just out. He's just living in a monastery, you know, just just hanging. You're a monk. They're a monk praying. everywhere. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's even even in the first part of this book. You know, it it describes him as coming back from basically like not really a war, but just he was sent out in in a way that would like maybe like Western European like knights would would go out. Yeah, almost like as a spy, like an emissary spy to go totally. check out Sarai, um, which I hope we get to see some of this, the Khan's nation in the next book. You know, because Sasha mentions um, like Moscow looks like drab compared to Sarai. What if, and I'm just getting this idea right now, what if like the big bad has to do with the Tatars and like the Khans and stuff? Because there is kind of like this, there's like this threat kind of overhanging Mm -hmm. um, Russ and Moscow and stuff. And it's kind of touched on a little bit um, in in various conversations that Dimitri and Sasha have. Um, But yeah, that might be pretty interesting yeah uh, the, I could be wrong. the rebellious attitude that dimitri has where he's like yeah i just kind of stopped paying the bill and i love he's <laughs> just like banking on them like not having their books in order he's like how could they possibly there's been so many cons that have come and gone like last thing they're doing is math <laughs> i haven't paid in like two years they didn't say yeah. shit but it's like <laughs> sasha's just like hasn't. oh my god man like they're <laughs> yeah, saying, like, they're oh, saying it now uh but that's kind of that's i guess that's kind of your part but, um, yeah, but still, I um, I'm thinking that Dimitri after the after this book might be like, okay, it's time for some real rebellion, and maybe takes the war. I don't know. I'd be I'd love it if we got like some awesome Russian knights fighting off some Mongols in this next book. Do you think that it was Kasyan's magic that was making the tracks go away? Yeah, yeah. Like okay. I, I thought about it a lot, and um. It's, it's like really the only explanation. It's got to be. Right, yeah. Because um, Cassian just kind of appears in the in the forest. He's just like, ah, I'm here to help. Like, yeah. I just came. Did he like come in the same, from the same direction that the bandits were running to? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't yeah. think that was it, but it was just like, <laughs> like, he just kind of shows up and they're just like, hey, someone who's obviously not in league with these bandits were fighting. Like, right. cool. You've got red hair. Like, I nah, mean, I don't, I don't you know, know. hindsight was... being 2020, but right. like, yeah, still, it was, he was, I thought he was very suspicious from the get go. And there was multiple times they're like riding together and they're like, Dimitri is gathering respect for Cosmo. I was like, really? Really? He's respecting this dude? Like, has not been paying him, knows he exists, comes to ask for help. <laughs> When he can't do something, not been paying his taxes. Like, I don't know. This guy. <laughs> Dimitri's just like, I like this guy. Yeah. I mean, Dimitri, a rebel. Dimitri's not paying his stuff. So, yeah. What'd you think about Dimitri as a character? I liked him a lot. He kind of he gave me like a uh, like a Robert Baratheon kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like Sasha like, belly drinking yeah, all like... the time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, can be regal when occasion calls for it. Right. Um, but yeah, like, and then you've got like Sasha, the the Ned Stark kind of more stoic, mm. uh, and I'm sure that that um, that dynamic has obviously been used over and over again in lots of stuff. But he just gave me a, a total like like big slobbery king kind of vibe, yep. and I, I love that. <laughs> Some wine dripping down the front of his uh, yeah. his tunic, but he's getting shit done. 
you know, just getting shit done. And especially with a nice stable head like Sasha by his side, you know. All right. I think that's going to do it for the first recap. What do you think? Okay. I think so. Okay, cool. Let's go right into the second one. All right. Sasha reveals Vasya to Olga and tells her of Vasya's lie he has been helping to continue. Olga is not pleased, but agrees that they must continue the deception. Sasha meets with Constantine to hear his side of the circumstances surrounding his father's death. While similar, the tale Constantine tells is different from Vasya's, and Sasha knows that one of them is lying. At a party at the palace, Vasya and Sasha are told that Dmitri's wife is pregnant, and that a Tatar ambassador has come demanding the tribute he owes to the Khan. Vasya notices that the Khan's emissary is the bandit leader she rescued the children from. She tells Sasha, but Sasha confronts her about her father's death, the extremely nice knife she has, and Solovey, telling her that he knows she is not being truthful. Vasya gets a glimpse of the ghost living in Olya's house and realizes her niece Maria can also see spirits. Vasya takes her on a horse ride in the city and is cornered in the market by Chelubey, who tries to prevent her from leaving, knowing that she is the girl he saw in the forest. She is saved by Kasyan, who comes and escorts her home. Later, Vasya sees a horse running wild and stops it, but is confronted by Chelubey, who says the horse is his. They make a wager that if she can ride his horse before noon, she keeps the mare. But if she can't, he gets her horse, Solove. She successfully tames the horse and rides her. Her fame grows. Kasian is befriending her, and she tells him who Chelebe is. He agrees to help her, but she must not tell the Grand Prince until she has proof. At the prince's feast that night, Fasia tries to tell Dimitri who Chelebe is, but is inter- interrupted by Kasian who drunkenly challenges her to a horse race the next day. She agrees. Vasya rides with Morozko, and they share passionate kisses under the moon, before Morozko ends it with a word of caution. During the race the following day, Kasyan manages to pull the head wrap from Vasya's head, revealing to all that she is a girl. Dmitri is enraged and sends her to Olya's to await punishment. He tells Sasha the same and imprisons him at the monastery. Kasyan visits her and offers to marry her, saying that doing so will save her from potential burning and prevent her brother, sister, and her sister's children from being cast out in shame. She agrees to marry him. She tells Olya of her suspicions that Kasyan is behind the villages being burned and that the Tatar emissary is actually one of his men. The conversation, however, is interrupted as Olya goes into labor. The birth is difficult, and Vasya sees Morozko come to take her sister away as she is dying. Morozko tells Olya, either her or the baby will perish. Olya chooses the baby, but Vasya makes the decision for her, pulling her back to the land of the living. The baby is born dead. Vasya meets with Morozko and tells her how her father found her the night he died. She gives him his crystal back, refusing to wear it, and it melts in Morozko's hand. Rodion returns to find Sasha imprisoned in the monastery and tells him that Chelube is Kasyan's man, and that he is behind the destruction of the villages. Knowing he must warn Dmitri, Sasha breaks out of his cell and meets Vasya on his way to the keep. With the aid of a castle spirit, Vasya is able to alert the Grand Prince's house of danger. Not a moment too late, as Kasyan's men have already broke into Dmitri's keep, a battle breaks out. Kasyan's men and undead creatures fight Dmitri's guards and Sasha. 
Vasya releases Solove and the Golden Mare of Kassians from the stables. The Golden Mare becomes a flaming bird and flies away, burning everything in its wake. The city begins to burn. Vasya sees Kassian take Maria from Constantine, and they rush inside the keep. The fight is slowly being won by Dmitri and Sasha, who make amends amid the battle and rally the troops. At the top of the tower, Vasya confronts Kassian, who is trying to drain her niece's life to maintain his youth. They fight, and Vasya is saved by the ghost in Oya's home, realizes that the ghost is her grandma, Tamara. Kassian has been using the ghost to stay alive all these years. Vasya manages to destroy Kassian's magic, linking his life force to Tamara's, which causes him to rapidly age and perish. With Kassian dead and his soldiers defeated, the city must evacuate, as Moscow has gone up in flames. Vasya recalls that she can get Mirazko to come if she dies. Intending to sacrifice herself, she runs back into the flaming city. Mirazko appears as she is burning and choking to death. Using her mysterious powers, she pulls Mirazko to her in the city, and he is able to save the city, using wind and snow to extinguish the fire. Vasya tells Sasha and Olya everything about her powers, and how their father died. They forgive her, the summer arriving chasing away the final frost of the winter, signaling a time of hope and new beginnings. Man. All right, so that. did Vasya set Moscow on fire by releasing the, that bird horse abs- thing? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, just yeah. wanted to get that clear so I could... I'm not sure if like, the Phoenix bird like flew deliberately, like weaving in and out of the alleyways to light the entire city aflame, but it kind of seems that way, or maybe it was just like dripping molten lava as it flew above it or something. Why did she do that? Like, I think, well, I think the stables were on fire, maybe. And so she goes in there to maybe she was just releasing Solove, and then she sees the horse and was like, I'm going to release the mare too, because this is like the queen of horses or something. Yeah, but Solove is just like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> and Vasya's. I, I. It felt like almost like Vasya was under. Was was she just like entranced by this thing, or that was just weird? I thought that was it was weird because she goes in there to get Solove, right? Yeah, and then she sees the mare and is like, "Oh, let let the mare out too." And the mare's like, "Flame bird yeah. explodes <laughs> through the ceiling." I had to read that part like three times because me too. Wait, that, that, everything just moved so fast. I was just like, "Okay, okay, wait, wait what?" Wait, and now wait. it's like this giant flame bird. All right, yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm here for it, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm in what? it. So Vasya accidentally set Moscow on fire. <laughs> not cool. Not just, not just a building, the entire city. Yeah, Vasya and her getting stuff done this does make some major mistakes that being one of them that is a major mistake yeah yeah <laughs> yeah now i think she was she, she knew that there was something more about the mare mm-hmm. than just a horse so she, maybe she was like i need to set forth set free the spirit that castian has trapped or something i don't know i don't know either um maybe we you and i just didn't read it correctly Maybe um, so. Maybe somebody more... that's listening could email us and tell us what happened there. But uh, yeah, I was just a little confused. Um, but I mean, um, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Um, if there's one little bit of criticism that I have for this book um, and um, just Catherine's writing style is when things get really chaotic and like seven things are happening simultaneously. Sometimes I have to read things two or three times to fully get what's going on. Yeah, there's just it's... like a lot of chaos. 
Yeah, and it's not even that it's not clear. It's just that we're like a lot of things happen really quickly. Yeah. It's not like bad, really. It's no. just it's just like I wish Confusing. it would I wish it would slow down a little bit and just like maybe when she's writing it, it's so clear in her head and she's just like, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like all the, so cool. Um, but it's like me reading it. What's cool is when everything kind of settles, uh like Catherine Arden seems to do a pretty good job at kind of explaining a lot and like there's always like a good like we're like catching our breath moment. Mm-hmm. Um so I appreciate those. Yeah, um, I also like that the city is on fire. So okay, once the big baddie is defeated, we still have like a uh oh <laughs> major problems still are happening right now. I thought that the way and I don't know if you picked this up, but the way that Rodion describes Cassian's like house okay i was gonna ask you about that okay yeah who is rodeon i missed <laughs> that i don't that. know, <laughs> I, don't know. Like, I think he he's just a, shows up i think he's a fellow warrior monk yeah i think you, I, I think like i'm i feel like i missed its chunk and i probably did and i'm just not remembering it where sasha's like hey man can you go like ride out and like check out cassian's home and like figure out who this guy is but like i right. don't remember that um sasha talks to sergey Sergey, okay. Uh, about uh, Cassian, remember that there's like that really, really short conversation. I think it's like a oh, little bit earlier yeah. in the book, um, and Sergey is kind of like, "We'll check this guy out." So I think okay. maybe that's it. Was creepy the way that Rodion, like, I I need I would need to grab the book to. Yeah, well, he said to, it's like um, it's like where dead people live, and there it's yeah. a house of bones. Maybe it was a house of bones. Yeah, like, that's. And it was like it was like one sentence, but I got uh-huh. like a chill. It was just so creepy. Same, just but it's this like empty house full of bones, and they're just like, yeah. "Oh shit, this guy is not the guy we think he is." <laughs> is anyone in here? Oh my god! <laughs> but like you know, if you were like, "Dude, it's a house of bones where the dead walk and living die," I'm like, "Okay, well, like, what do you mean by house of bones? Like, is it made from bones? Is it full of bones? Do we have bone piles? Like, Maybe it's do we have, like all... bone cutlery." Maybe it's every it's all bones. Oh, bones so. all the way down. How did he know where Cassian's house was? I don't know. It's a really good question. Yeah. Um I was it is implied about that. that they found it. <laughs> okay. You know what I really loved? I love a good horse race. Me oh, too. That was so cool. I was and, really disappointed that it didn't end. Right. And it, that's the funny thing is um I was not expecting Cassian to just rip off her hood and expose her like right right there for yeah. I was listening to uh to this on audiobook at work w- during that horse race and somebody at work must have seen my my jaw drop <laughs> as I was just like oh shit this is so nuts yeah I agree I love the horse race and the scene where he like grabs her like bridle starts slowing him down like what is happening there was so much happening I read that a few times but then like jumping over the cart you know oh man it was just what a great horse race um it kind of gave me like mulan vibes <laughs> like that part where they find out mulan is a girl it's like that same kind of feeling when totally you know when you're watching mulan it's just like man you guys have been so much respect has been earned between these two people like you guys have been fighting but, bleeding together yeah and then oh you're a girl get the hell out mm. of my sight and it's just like yep. oh god it's so like you know looking at it now in the year of our lord 2022 <laughs> uh it's like it's so 
dumb. Like I can't. It, it doesn't make think, sense. Like and it's, you it's kinda, hard to even look at it from their perspective. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of touched on that earlier where it's just like, it's so obvious that it's just not even a big deal at all. But to them, it, it just, it just is. It's like this axiomatic thing where it's just like, well, now that we know you're a woman, you're obviously a piece of shit. So right. like, you just probably like, should burn like, you at the stake. Obviously. And they're not, they don't even have like the humility to say, wow, you got us there. Or like, wow, we were wrong. We thought you were, a, they, they're just like, nope, this is 100% your fault. We had like, you know, it's just so gross and dumb, but obviously it being in the book isn't gross and dumb. Right, just, you know what I mean. Just like, that I'm whole idea, it, it, it all works really, really well for this, um, for this story. But yeah, it's really hard to even kind of see where they're coming from. Like, <laughs> I really, I really kept thinking, hoping that it would be more focused around her deception and Sasha's deception. Like, Dimitri was all pissed off because he was deceived and betrayed. You know, his trust was broken, not because she was a girl. And then she kept going back to the girl thing, and I was like, man, just <laughs> like, well, that's kind of what. I get the deceit one being mad about that, but the whole girl thing, like, dude, you guys have been even like doting on her for the last couple of weeks. Like, we will get you horses and a fine lass. Come drink with me. That's kind of what happens with Cassian. Remember, he kind of when he pulls off Vasia's hood and they're all kind of talking after the fact, Cassian is even, you know, still still playing his part. He's kind of like, This wasn't even Vasia's fault. This was Sasha, right? Right. And he's like still scheming and stuff. I really, I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually hate it because it was really well done, but I hated that scene oh, with too. Cassian and Basia, and he's just like, ugh, just gross, like kissing yeah. her, and she's just, ugh, God, that was ugh. awful. I hated reading that part. Like it was just, yep. and that was the he part strips where... her naked, right, halfway. He strips oh, yeah, her yeah. Uh, shirt off. I Before think before that, yeah, like when they, when he exposes um, her as a girl, yeah, it was just, yeah, all that, all of that fucking sucked but <laughs> not in like a quality way but uh, you know what i mean <laughs> right <laughs> like, it was tough read. to read it was tough to read for us it's like you know two guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, oh. we're just like oh man that'd be terrible and women are probably just like yeah you guys it was like, yeah yeah like <laughs> sucked a lot always sucked like to one degree or another <laughs> you guys one one line that i really wanted to talk about and I noticed this reading it, and it just like really jumped out at me. There's this one line. I think this was from Vavara, who was Olga's maid or something. Uh, oh yeah, like yeah, her housekeeper like had, had made. Had, yeah. yeah, she's talking to Vasya, and she says, "Living is both better and worse than fairy tales." And I think that that's kind of like it, you could you could really sum up a lot of the themes in this book mm. around that one line. Like it's a really really important line in my opinion. And, and almost and to me, what it meant is kind of like as you keep growing up, you, like your options kind of start narrowing, your your expectations start getting broken, and your responsibilities start piling up. And there's really good parts about that that you didn't really expect, and there's a lot of like really crappy parts about that. Right. And but it's never exactly the fairy tale. It's never the story that you told yourself. Right. And I just pulled so much out of that line. And it was spoken by somebody who had like four or five lines in the whole book. Like very like, few lines. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a really insightful thing. Yeah. Well, that line's also speaking, I think, to, you know, fairy tales usually end with like a, a gallivanting off into the sunset sort of thing. But it's like in real life, you know, life goes on and we must suffer with the choices that we made, whether good or 
or bad and deal with those consequences and then grow and, you know, keep on living tomorrow. There is no writing off into the sunset that happens. Yeah. And to kind of expand on that, there, there are a ton of moments toward the end of this book where Vasya has an opportunity to just bail. She could just escape the entire situation. She's got the fastest horse in the world, lots of money. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some real growth here where she starts to weigh her responsibilities to her own family. And it's like me personally reading it, I think I need to read the third book and and maybe think about it a little bit more to kind of like land on what I think that she should do. Um which I think is another mark of a really well put together character is that I still don't even know like what the right move would have been in a lot right. there were multiple parts when i was reading it where i was like you should just get out of here like like this is like, just like this lie that you've got like it's not going to get any better this is just going to no. end badly obviously sasha Oof. and olga are going to be fine probably and the the chances of them being okay are better with you gone you yeah. know but then she finds out that the the grand prince is going to be deposed and everything it's just it's complicated and she doesn't really know what to do. This is great. Like the line yeah. between the, that line between freedom and responsibility is just, mm. it's not as clear as Vasya thought it was. Right. And I don't think that she quite knew the consequences of her actions. You know, just one little lie. I'm a boy, which she thought she was going to ride for a little while before skipping on across the countryside to visit warmer pastures ends up almost destroying her get her burnt burned at the stake almost which they bring up brother. quite often by the so way so often yeah <laughs> like, it's like man how often very burning women yeah. oh my god <laughs> frequently uh anyway almost destroys her burning to death destroys her brother and destroys her sister um and their kids being like cast out in shame you know just wow i think that kind of surprised her it surprised me and i think it also surprised her just like okay the consequences of my actions here, that was like not cool. And now I realize that because she's like, you know, I can take anything. Well, it's not just you that you're putting in harm this time. You you put a lot of other people in harm and almost ruin their lives, too. Speaking of decisions that Vasya just fucking makes without consulting anybody was when Olga is delivering the baby. Whoa. Like, OK, oh. OK. Like, I mean, all right. So I can't have a baby. I don't have a, a huge dog in this fight, but like that's kind of Olga's call, Vasya. Oh, super like, Olga's oh call! Oh my god! Like it was so. She's like right there when Moraska's like, "You can choose yourself oh, or man. the baby," and Olga's like, "The baby." And Vasya's like, "No." <laughs> I was like, that, "Wow!" Honestly, like that made me like Vasya's. Like just that made me like Vasya a little bit less. Yeah, oh, like, me too. Really, where I was just like, "Man, this right? Uh-huh. Like you're such a child. Like that's such a ugh." It it was just yeah. That was just awful. How dare you make that decision and how dare you make it for someone else who just made it the opposite of what you were there for the whole thing. Like, oh man, it was just a what a breach. Like that was the probably the biggest slight that Vasya made the entire And it's book. It, it's so weird because she's growing in a lot of different ways, obviously, but I mean, you know, we're not at the end of this trilogy yet. We don't mm-hmm. know like you know, it sounds like you know, Vasya's heart is obviously very much in the right place. It has been this entire time. She's a very good person. And there are some really bad people out in the world. And there's some bad events that are happening and she's trying to deal with it. But it's just like, you're, she crossed the line in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, for sure. 
she crossed know, maybe, a major line. I like can't think of a reason why that's not crossing the line. I'm like trying to entertain like <laughs> some no, kind of she like she crossed the line. Yeah. It was not cool. It was uh, not cool. She was, what, just did it because she was selfish and she didn't want to lose her sister. What did you think? Uh, were you surprised uh, when you learned that the ghost of the tower was uh, Vasya's grandmother? Yes and no. Okay, because it didn't really surprise me at all. <laughs> no, like I <laughs> like, knew that the ghost. I didn't. I didn't know that it was her grandmother, but I knew that the ghost was going to be some big thing. Because like throughout the whole book, people keep seeing flashes of the ghost. And yeah. every time they're like, it's nothing. I'm like, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no ghosts here. Definitely there's ghosts here. Um, it did surprise me that the ghost was being kept around. Like, the whole mechanism that Kassian was doing. Like, I, I was, I, maybe you can shine some light on this. So, in the final throwdown, yeah. uh, Vasya realizes, oh, there's some sort of like talisman around the ghosts. There must be another talisman around the ghost's neck that is like linking them that is allowing Kastian to draw her life force. So she takes it like, that seemed like a crazy leap to me. Yeah. I think that it was on Maria. I think it was on the ghost. Cause she jumped forward. She was like, I can't see her because she's a ghost. So she grabs where she like thinks the talisman should be and then comes away with it. But wasn't Maria wearing some kind of necklace too? She was too, and I think that's what led her to believe. Like she was trying to. Does this guy? Does this guy Cassian just have like lots of yeah. different like essence sucking necklaces? Yeah, or something? yeah. I think he was like, <laughs> I need more essence. I need more essence. And oh uh, <laughs> and so that's why he realized she was like, oh, okay. Well, he was doing this to Maria, um. So he must have done this to, um, Tamara. Well, but... like I I get that um Tamara was linked in a way that was making it so that. Cassian didn't age or die. I knew that. I, Robert, how can um, you suck the life force from a ghost? I don't know. The ghost is and already it, dead. Maybe it's just like the idea of the person is keeping them alive. Yeah, maybe so. Or maybe he <laughs> did it once and got like double the life essence and then that killed her. So now she's a ghost. I don't know. And then yeah. that's why he needed to do it again with maybe Maria it's just, or something. Maybe it's just the fact that she can't rest, right? Like that she's hanging out in ghosts. dimension or whatever i'm not really sure um and i i don't think you know it's like i don't i don't think it's like the kind of thing that we absolutely have to know we just have to know that that's what the situation is it's a weird line in fiction and fantasy and stuff like that where it is and and i think that um that might be why a lot of people seem to gravitate towards science fiction is because Mm. a lot of that stuff is very fleshed out and there's not a whole lot of like well, how the hell would that work in, in <laughs> science fiction? But because you can't just go magic. Well, with like fairy tale type stuff like this, and and you know, admittedly, like this is getting less fairy tale ish as the book goes on. It's getting a little more real, which yeah. I think is like a really good representation for the you know uh, the, the loss of innocence. You know, yes. like, they, like this is very much a, a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. The entire know? thing, yeah, it really is. I just want to talk about this guy like for a little bit. And I don't really want to talk about it anymore because I <laughs> just don't really care. Okay. Even though he's important. But like Constantin, oh, he God. did the same thing. <laughs> the he's the freaking book. worst, this guy. <laughs> Dude, he is like, he reminded me of uh, Maro or Baru oh, Barrow from, uh, yeah. from JC. Like, he just can't not do crime. He just can't not be a schmuck. He can't not be a schmuck. Oh, Constantine. Well, and, and I... There's like that part where Vasya kind of calls him out and he's just like, I don't know. You're, 
You're so beautiful. I love you, but I, I yeah, hate you. And, and you're beautiful. I'm afraid. Ah. And I love her reaction, too, because she's just like, I don't even have time for this shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's just like fucking whatever that is. Gives them man. the most like hurtful like, answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have so many other things to deal with besides whatever you're doing. Like, I really? don't care. I don't it care. So great. It's so great. Oh, it felt so good to have her just like, like brush him off like a bug. Just like, and how does the book end with him? We don't really see a Constantine ending, huh? Be in the third oh my god, dude, he's got to go. He's got to go. This guy. I'm so glad. That, I'm so glad, and also not glad that you brought up Constantine. I will stop talking to him, talking about him after this. But ah, I was just like when he I had to bring him up. I like my brain must have been shorting out from realizing it was him because I didn't know it was him until she, he tells his name to Olya. Are you serious? I shouldn't. Yeah, like immediately. I, I yeah. realized that as a good book reader, as a halfway intelligent <laughs> person, I should have immediately realized. But I think my brain was so much like hoping that he just like was oh not God. around, not a That's thing. Awesome. That I didn't realize right. it. And then I was like, oh, of course. Dang it. Ugh, Constantine, you're the worst. Oh, Seems like see. everyone who um, shouldn't fall in love with Vasya is falling in love with Vasya. <laughs> She's so lovable. She's very lovable. Yeah, if you can just look past her being a witch, dude. A okay, witch. so that that <laughs> term is used so many times, and yeah. it's so undefined because you know she gets asked multiple times, like Vasya, are you a witch? And she's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know even what that know is. What that word <laughs> means? <laughs> I'm not which, sure. By the way, awesome answer though, because like, yeah, I mean, it seems to vary, you know, depending on who you talk to, like what totally. a witch actually is. I don't think she. She doesn't think she's a witch. Right? No, we've already touched on it a, a little bit, maybe a lot of bit. So maybe this is just beating a horse twice. But it was a really interesting and I think important line at the end of the book when she meets for the third time, her third encounter with Midnight, Vasya's third encounter with Midnight, where she says, Vasya would wish she would have realized the significance of this at that time. Yeah. later and this yeah. and she, she says she asks if tamara and Cassian are dead and then she says that her mother will be glad so i think that's just okay so this is this is my thing with this. okay is yeah there, give me your give me your thoughts there's a I, i'm not gonna give like i don't really have any specific thoughts on like those those words there's a lot of weird prophecy in these books and i think he's just gotta go with it yeah um i, I don't think we're supposed to know what any of that means and i think that like you're supposed to like look back on it and think like oh okay it was kind of like because the um the domovoy and like a couple other of the little critter guys um little ghost little ghosty boys uh they yeah. do that a lot like they did it to constantine they did it to um i think they maria. did it to maria yeah. yeah i just don't even bother like trying to because like uh, the events haven't happened yet you know, right? There's like a billion different things that could. Dude, actually that happen, one so. little um bathhouse spirit, he's like throwing out prophecies. Once he gets seen by Vasya and acknowledged, yeah. he's just throwing out prophecies at every person yeah. that comes his way. Like even Constantine. Oh man, he throws out ones like you will be like a great man, but like all your trials will be ash, or, or all your accomplish will be accomplishments will be. Yeah, nothing I don't think we're done with Constantine yet. We're not. I hope he dies a terrible death. So I think we're pretty much done here. I mean, like, I I want to ask like one more question and just kind of like get your thoughts on something. Okay. What do you, What do you think about what do you think is going to happen with Morozko? Like, um, both like him just singular and his relationship with Vasio. Like, what do you think's up with that? Like, going yes. into this third book and probably rounding out the trilogy. 
so he lost his his emblem right his right. little his yeah. crystal and that crystal was the thing that was making him more human falling in love so i think he's yeah. going to be maybe a little bit more like gandalf the white e now he's not gonna oh. be so personable like detached yeah he'll be a little more angelic and a little more like ethereal um That'll and only come when she wins his heart in the end yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, you know. I don't I, I don't know how i think he's probably going to be like a, a uh, it's going to end with a more resounding note of what we had this time, which is like a he'll be him, but more of like the spirit him and not so much like the person him. He'll be like the guiding father figure from afar or something. What do you think, however, is going to happen with Morozko and also with how do you think the story is going to end for Vasya? Um, so I don't really know what's going to happen with Morozko. I think I'm kind of inclined to agree with you there. He was already a little detached at the end, it seemed Right, he kind of just mm-hmm. like wafted away or whatever. Constantly surprised. Uh, How can you do this? <laughs> um, I think Vasya is going to. This is just me at the end of a second book in a trilogy, but I mean, I I think that she is going to be able to see the world, but maybe with like a like a twist, you know? Like yeah. she's gonna she's gonna because it seems like responsibility and growing up are really big themes in the in these books Mm -hmm. um and i don't think it i don't think that vasi is necessarily gonna like you know settle down and have a few kids with some big russian guy or whatever i don't know if that's like it's never what she's wanted or anything but you know i mean like the mark of like a really really great character arc is you know a character getting not what they want but what they need right Mm -hmm. and you know, it seems like Vasya very demonstrably needs to grow up, like needs to start like taking up the mantle of, if not domestic responsibility, at least like actions that don't put other people in danger. <laughs> you yes. know, like, like actions I wouldn't be that... surprised if on that note, sh- the trilogy ends with her writing home. Maybe or or doing something, doing something that's almost more beneficial to her family than it is for yes. her. Um, but I don't even that's the thing too is it's like i don't even know if that is what she needs like because there are other characters in these books right Mm -hmm. i mean like um catherine arden did a really good job at fleshing out both sasha and olga uh we kind of left Alyosha and uh irene behind irena behind um but still it's like there's a there's a family here and vasya can choose to be like a participatory member of that family but she doesn't have to, right? But like I said, um, she could also not hurt it. <laughs> like she could also like not, you know, um, get everyone cast out and shame. And you know, maybe I, I feel pretty confident that that's like uh, a lot of what these books are about. Um, you know, one character we never met, Olya's husband. Oh yeah, he's just not, off. not one page. Okay. Well, we didn't <laughs> need him off the we whole time. We didn't need him. Um, how old is Dimitri? Like, is there any possible chance of a Dimitri Vasia? love entanglement know. that's a good question i mean dimitri's married she she is pregnant at the end of the this book though. yeah that's right i forgot yeah. she was pregnant i don't know or that um, he was married i don't know i don't i don't see vasia getting married i don't know yeah like i don't see i don't i just don't this is something she's never wanted like it's and it's not something she needs you know right. like she doesn't need a good man like no she does not need a good that. man that's dumb but yeah uh i am really excited to read this third installment in this really wonderful trilogy and also really excited to have Catherine arden on the podcast after yeah the, uh, <laughs> so that's our announcement to everybody listening that Catherine arden 
will be on the podcast. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today, everybody, for uh, book two in the Winter Night Trilogy. What a uh, stellar, stellar book. And I'm really Excellent excited to book. get in. I'm actually already one chapter into the next one. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, I couldn't. It's so good. Like I held uh, off. I wanted to. There was a few multiple times, but I had to I had to keep saying no because I didn't want to know things, you know? Dude, it's so funny. Like, I was just so lukewarm on the first, like, 100 pages of that first book. And now mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm in. I am so in for this. And it's it's just so nice that something that I thought, and it, it's it's teaching me even more about reading, you know, even though I read a shitload of books, it's just like it, it might it, it, it'll turn out pretty cool. It's just like give it give it right. maybe like more than like 100 pages. Withhold your judgment <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, Let the yeah. story develop. You know, I feel some, like when uh, I was like 24 or something like like a while ago, like I probably would have DNF'd that first book because it wasn't really? like, yeah, it's just DNF'd. like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have just like, you know, <laughs> put it down. But um. You know, I'm gl- I'm really glad I didn't. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, some of the some of the prettiest flowers take years to bloom, you know. And I think wow, it's a lesson that we can all uh, all learn from these books and just any story that uh, you know, give it a little longer. Maybe it, it takes uh, a little while. Time sometimes. has yet to come. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't even that long. I was being a. Baby. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. <laughs> was but it's it's uh it's very good. I'm super excited to see where the story goes and what happens in the third book and to talk with Catherine as well. And on that note, if you have any questions for Catherine that you would like us to ask during the interview, and we'll, of course, read your name out during it, please email us at book.reviews.kill at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the podcast and Chad and myself, there is a link to our Patreon page in the link in, in the description for this episode. Go ahead and go to the Patreon. Check it out. We have a bunch of deleted scenes on the Patreon. So they are um, they're interesting. They're pretty freaking say. good, man. <laughs> some, right. of best, <laughs> some of our best work is there. Best work. <laughs> we get way off topic. And if you'd like to join the discussion, uh, we do have a Discord. And there is a special channel in the Discord uh, for the Winter Night Trilogy. So get in there. Join the conversation. Really awesome people. And there's like 400 people in there right now. Jeez. a lot. Good thing we got mods. It's marvelous. Um, but yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening to mine and Chad's recap of this uh, this wonderful book and this excellent series. And I uh, hope you all have a really awesome rest of your day and a happy reading. Bye, everybody.